This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And today we have an exceptionally special guest. Nicole Menner is here with us. And I know this is your very first time covering the NFL. And I'm so sorry that you got such a boring offseason with absolutely no entertainment um, to welcome you to the great state of Wisconsin. Yeah, no storylines at all. It's a boring <laughs> offseason, like just having such a boring time since I've gotten here a few months ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so great. Yeah, nothing happened with any of the other Wisconsin sports either, like just mundane run-of-the-mill offseason. Yeah, I've pretty much been doing nothing since I got here. <laughs> what a time to be in Wisconsin. Yeah, let's, know, uh, let's just say that. Yeah, so I mean, before we dive into the football stuff, mm-hmm. I just want to start out, you know, we teased on the show last week that you would be joining us and then you had to cover an NBA championship parade in Milwaukee in the Deer District. So just kind of what was that like to to come here, I guess, with the NFL as your main focus and then have everything else happening in Wisconsin sports? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, when I first got here, you know, you're like, oh, this is you have downtime before the NFL season kind of to get adjusted to everything and kind of learn the lay of the land and all that. And then obviously we were very occupied with the Bucks making a run. So it was awesome to be able to cover a few games in the first few series. Um, we didn't actually get to cover finals games like inside, but we were out in the Deer District for a few games. It was an insane experience. Um, Pfizer Forum is an awesome place. The fans are crazy. Like the energy there is just insane. Getting to watch the players, Giannis in person is, it's just surreal. So it was an unexpected, I guess, bonus, you could say, of getting here um, before Packers season. And it kept us kept us busy, kept us on our toes. And then the parade, too, was awesome to experience. Um, it really, like, filled up. I, mean, I, didn't, I wasn't out on the streets during the parade part. I was by the stage where they came and, like, crowds of people 
just came after the parade wrapped up and listening to the players watching PJ Tucker go crazy on stage. <laughs> I think I got some champagne on me from afar. So it was very cool. Wow. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I'm imagining how nice it must be to cover a parade in July. Whereas, you know, when the Packers win the Super Bowl, it's February and it's snowing and it's negative 30 and you have to go sit in the stadium for many hours. But, you know, if you ask Packer fans, it's worth it. So I was going to say when I was out there covering the parade, I was there really early in the morning. So I wore pants because it was chillier in the morning and I was wishing it was winter and I hate winter. <laughs> so hot during the day. I was like, wow, maybe I won't hate winter when it comes, but after that, <laughs> in a few months it'll change my mind. Don't hold, <laughs> yeah, don't hold your breath. <laughs> Wait till your first winter. Um, although you were up in the Binghamton area, right? So I imagine you got some pretty hefty winters there too. Very, very similar climate to Green Bay. We might've even had, we might have more snow in Binghamton than yeah. we do here based on what I've been told. We had a 40 inch snowstorm last winter, which was a record. <laughs> so, and I grew up in New England my whole life. So I'm, I'm used to the winter. I don't like winter, but at least the NFL will season will keep me occupied this winter. So that'll be like the highlight of it, I guess. Yeah. Another East coaster. Let's yes. Go. Taken over. East coast, uh, West coast. <laughs> Okay, so we we mentioned Binghamton. So I guess, you know, we always like to start with just like your journey. I know that sounds really cliche, but like, you know, you don't just like start out by covering an NFL franchise Like you've been in different markets and you've kind of worked your way and there was a journey to get to Green Bay. And so we'd love to hear about, you know, what that was like. And then also, you know, now you're covering the NFL for the first time. And that's incredibly exciting. Yeah, so I, it's funny because baseball is my favorite sport and that's kind of how I wanted to become a sports broadcaster originally. It was the 2004 Red Sox year. That's when I was old enough to understand what was happening. That's when I noticed the sideline reporters and I was like, oh, I really want to do that someday. So the dream just kind of stuck. Obviously, as you get older, you learn about like the different jobs you can have in the industry and whatnot. Um, So I did not go to a journalism school. I went to a school that was pretty close to home in Rhode Island, double majored in um, communications and marketing. So I still did like TV related things, but I got an internship at Nessun, New England Sports Network. And that was really how I first like got my foot in the door. Um, I, I did behind the scenes stuff and worked there as a production assistant after college, but they essentially like helped me build my tape. I would beg them to go to Patriots practices, Celtics practices. They even let me go to Fenway once and I would film stand-ups, which are just so cringy to watch back now because <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> um, but then, so they helped me build the tape. I got like this random on-air job in Arkansas and I was there for a year. And then I got the job in Binghamton. And that was my really first real like local news operation being a sports reporter. So um, Binghamton was crucial for, you know, my, my growth as a sports journalist and everything. And then, yeah, here I am now in green Bay. This is, this is really cool being able to cover professional teams. And that's obviously that's a big goal for people in this industry. That's what you want to do. So it's a little intimidating, obviously, as expected, um, especially with such, you know, an NFL team has such a huge roster, especially for training camp. So a lot to learn, but so far, uh, so good. Yeah. Can you tell us about like the the timeline of everything? Like when did you start looking at Green Bay? Was it pre Aaron Rodgers, post Rodgers? Like did that make the job more exciting or enticing? So it was pre Aaron Rodgers stuff. And no matter what, like, you know, you, you hear 
from Green Bay and you're like, oh, that's a pro sports market. And you also get to cover Milwaukee sports. So it's an even added bonus. Um, but I, I wanted to cover pro sports. So Green Bay was always appealing. Like when I applied for it, I was like, wow, this would be awesome to have. I knew Fox 11 was a great station. Um, but then it kind of took a while. Just the process can take a long time. So it was, I want to say it was that it was draft week in April. I don't remember if it was like the same day, but it was within days I officially accepted the job and then it was draft day and then everything starts coming out. And it was like a very small circle of people at that point who knew that I was accepting a job in Green Bay. But all those people were like, oh, Aaron Rodgers might not be back. You sure you want to go there? (laughs) I was like, yes, I still want to cover a football team. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was yeah, that was my experience was like accepting the job. And then the Rodgers news broke. So it was it was pretty crazy. It is still a storied franchise with or without Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> exactly. Luckily, it, it worked out that he will be back for your first season. Um, but, yeah, no shortage of stories to cover. I know we joked about that a little bit already, but um, certainly, certainly interesting. Yeah, it almost feels like reality TV or something, right? It's just like new things come out every day. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, honestly, however it would have ended up if Aaron Rodgers came back or not, you would have been able to cover like the first year of Jordan Love. So there were there were a lot of really fun storylines, regardless of, you know, kind of what shook out. And I think what shook out now is maybe the best resolution for all sides. And I mean, did you have you had any time to like process everything that's happening now? The Randall Cobb stuff coming out. Like, do you have initial thoughts or is this all still just so I'll say Obviously, it's all speculation because no one knew what was going to happen, but I found it very hard to believe that he wouldn't be back. So even when I heard the reports come out that like as of last week, he still wasn't sure if he was coming to training camp. That kind of surprised me because I genuinely thought like he knew at that point whether or not he'd be back. Um, But I would say like when him and Devontae Adams posted the last dance stories on Instagram, to me, I interpreted that as they he would be back. So, you know, last dance or not, uh, a last dance is better than no dance for this season. <laughs> and I'm very much like, let's take it one step at a time. He's here this season. It's clearly Super Bowl or bust. And then we'll deal with next season after this one ends. We'll see how this one plays out first. Yeah, you're optim- You're an optimist like we are. I think we both kind of <laughs> felt similarly where, especially I, I told Maggie that for me, the, the opt-out period was kind of the sign for me where I was like, okay, he didn't opt out. So if he sits or retires, he's going to mm-hmm. owe this franchise a boatload of money. And no matter how rich you are, you know, 30, I think it ended up being around $30 million that he would potentially have to owe the Packers. You know, no one's going to cough up that. Yeah. So um, that's kind of when I was like, I don't know when, and I don't know what day or how long he's going to hold out, but he's going to be there. And to be there back at the first day of training camp, that I did not expect. Same. And to me, I mean, that means obviously, so we just saw that tomorrow he'll be talking uh, to media and all that. So to me too, I was like, I feel like talk the first day, obviously the questions will never end, but talk the first day, address everything, get it out of the way and let's play some football. And so maybe, you know, maybe that plays into it, be there the first day and then we can just kind of, you know, they'll never go away because we know how it works, but hopefully it can not be as an everyday storyline as it has been for the past few months. Please. And is there any type of like mentality going into this, covering this after being from New England and seeing Tom Brady do something similar? Like, do you have comparisons already or is this kind of different even than what Brady did? So there's not, you know much to to say about it yet it feels different to me and I don't know if that's just because like I grew up 
rooting for the Patriots and watching Tom Brady. Um, to me, it feels different just because I don't, I really don't think there was like issues with Tom Brady and ownership the way that there appears to be here. Um, I think that like the Patriots were just kind of, and Tom just like couldn't, couldn't work it out. And Tom knew that he still had the years in him. And I mean, that still shocked me. Like it still surprised me very much that Tom Brady left the Patriots. Like, let me just put that out there. Um, but to me, like, I don't know, obviously they're two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but I still like, I can't always draw comparisons between the two because I just think they're very different types of people. Yeah. Uh, and it was different situations. So to me, it's almost like, and I mean, you know, I'm new to all this Packers stuff, but it almost seemed to like resemble a little bit of the Brett Favre situation, obviously bringing yeah. the young quarterback. And then um, obviously it played out differently <laughs> so far. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's very interesting. <laughs> How much background? Cause I mean, obviously when, when you're in sports, you have like a nice amount of knowledge on a majority of teams, but there are certainly like NFL teams um, as someone who watches every Sunday that I still don't know a lot about, like how much did you know about green Bay, the history, just like basic knowledge, I guess, about the team when you, when you moved. Yeah. So I would say I, I would, I knew the basics because I follow football in a general sense. Um, I think one of the things that was also really appealing to me about coming to green Bay. And again, I would have, I would have come here no matter what I want to cover. <laughs> I really like the area and all that. But one of the things that was so appealing was just that like the fan base is so passionate. And I think when you cover a professional sports team, that's just like an added bonus and it makes it so much better when you have a fan base that is so invested. And it's obviously a very storied franchise. There's a lot of history here. Um, so that, that makes it special too, but I have like a Packers book that I'm reading because I want to know everything. That's something, you know, when you're a sports journalist, you want to make sure you know every little thing about the team. So there's a lot I'm still learning. I've watched some documentaries, um, on YouTube and all that. So there's a lot to learn, but I feel like I have a good general sense of, of everything in the history. That's awesome. Have you been able to do any of like the tours, the hall of fame at Lambeau? I did a stadium tour when my parents moved me. We went into the stadium tour. Hall of Fame, I have not done yet, but it's on my list to do. It's on my list as well. Maybe we can do it together when I'm off. (laughs) The Hall of Fame is fun, too, because it rotates. So, like, when Jerry Kramer got inducted into the Hall of Fame, they had a big Jerry Kramer exhibit, and now that's not there anymore. But there's some, like, standalone exhibits, but there's always something new in it. So I've been, like, six times at this point, and I just keep going back because there's always something, like, fun to pick up when you're there. So... You have like a favorite part of being in Wisconsin so far. I know it hasn't been very long that you've been here. Um, I have eaten at a lot of restaurants. <laughs> I've eaten a lot of cheese curds. Um, I've gone up to Door County and okay. being from New England and I'm, I'll call myself a beach snob. I love the beach. I'm very particular about my beaches and everyone called Door County, the Cape Cod of the Midwest. And I was like, there's no way it's anything compared to it. And I was so pleasantly surprised with how much I loved Door County. So I'm very happy to have that here in the summer to escape to. Um, so yeah, between that good food, good beer, I would say it's those, those are my top three so far. That's a great list. <laughs> um, I think cause I mean, look, Rogers has like dominated and everything, but I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask like COVID isn't over, right? Like we're still kind of dealing with the ramifications of the virus and then the kind of rollout of the vaccine and things like that. And I, 
would love to just hear from you, like, how has it been up in Green Bay with all these new COVID rules? They've come out pretty recently about, you know, if you're unvaccinated versus vaccinated for both staff, reporters like yourself and for players. Um, what's like the general sentiment been in the area? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of just like, obviously, you know, we want to put ourselves in a position where like we're protected and also players are protected. Like, you know, you would never want to be the reason that a player has to sit out or something. So I think that everything the NFL is doing is just kind of keeping everyone's best interest so far, you know, making sure that um, like we have to wear masks if we're doing in-person interviews and things like that. Um, The thing that came out the other day about like if teams aren't fully vaccinated, then you have to forfeit if it's like a big outbreak and all of that is definitely interesting. But I think it just goes to show like they're taking this seriously and they're encouraging all the players to get vaccinated. Um, I know we heard from Washington today and like Ron Rivera was saying that they have a ways to go with vaccination. So I'm curious to see, I'm sure that will be addressed tomorrow with Matt LaFleur and all of that to see where the Packers currently are. Um, because it is, I mean, it's, that's, of course, it's still a, a huge topic this season, but, um, but no, I mean, we're just happy that we even have access, you know, um, I obviously wasn't in the situation last year where I was covering a team and didn't have it, but this year, I know that a lot of people are very happy to at least get back to somewhat normalcy. And it sounds like when we travel and do things on the road too, we'll have access. So that's a plus for sure. But, yeah. you know, um, everyone just has to keep doing their part and make sure you're staying safe and keeping everyone around you safe. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it doesn't, you never want to see that impact a team during the season. Um, so hopefully, hopefully it doesn't, hopefully it doesn't happen too often. Yeah. And it, that was one of the interesting things when we had a friend of the show, Rachel Hotmeyer on to talk about her move right before the pandemic started and like literally trying to adjust to introducing yourself even to players like through a virtual screen because you can't be in the locker room. So have you given any thought to like how you'll approach the season? I mean, we're expecting now that there will be full capacity in the stadiums and, you know, some rules will be relaxed for those that are vaccinated. So, I mean, has your team at Fox 11 kind of given any thought to what that process is like, or is it kind of business as usual now that things are maybe getting safer? Yeah. So it's tough because when we're doing the zoom interviews and everything, like the players and coaches can't see us. So they're just hearing the voices. And then it's still for, at least for training camp, it's kind of limited with who can be in person each day in the interview room. So like we can all be on the practice field and everything um, or as many people as they'll allow, but only one person from each affiliate can be in the media room. So we'll be rotating, but it's, it's still not going to be that consistent everyday face to face. So it's tough. Like you just said, Rachel said, it's really tough to get to know players and coaches and maybe have them start to trust you a little bit when you're not in there every day, seeing them face to face. So that's definitely a hurdle that I've thought of, especially this being my first year, like they're not going to recognize who Nicole Menner is. Um, so, you know, it, that's definitely tough and who knows, maybe it'll be different once the season starts, but for training camp, um, it won't be every day face to face. So yeah. I guess it's kind of figuring out ways to overcome that with um, without being able to be be in there every day. So, yeah. Have you had any either player or coach interaction? I know that there are some players and coaches who kind of stick around the Green Bay area through the off season. Have you 
Have you had any run-ins yet? I, I have not. I know um, I, if you live in my apartment complex, I think I haven't seen anyone, but um, I've just kind of heard through the grapevine of some people who live here. But other than that, no, I really haven't seen any out and about. But again, I'm sure once training camp starts and they're like all over maybe. And I'm the type of person too, that like, I will go out of my way and introduce myself because at this point, how else can you do it? So, yeah. but that's the cool thing about green Bay too, is I know people say they see the players and everything everywhere. Um, so I'm sure that that will happen a few times, especially during training camp. Yeah. It's one of the unique unique aspects of a small market team for sure. Is there, um, I know, like you said, you know, you're still kind of like learning the history and learning players as you're newer to the franchise, but are there any players that you're maybe like really excited to see tomorrow when training camp starts or any specific matchups or games you're looking forward to with the season starting? Yeah. So some of the position battles I'm super excited for. And then even just some of the players who were even on the team last year, like AJ Dillon's a guy you have to be excited to see because he's going to have such a bigger role this year. Um, Seeing how Amari Rogers and Eric Stokes fit in and what they can do. And then you kind of look at the cornerback uh, battle of, you know, throwing Eric Stokes into the mix. What happens with Kevin King? So that's a battle I'm excited for wide receiver. Very interesting to me now that Cobb is potentially coming back. That's I haven't checked my phone in like an hour, so I don't know if anything happened in the past hour. But that creates a new question of how many are they going to carry and what happens there because safe to say like the Packers are kind of loaded now on offense, I guess. Feels kind of right to say. Um, so I'm excited to see how that plays out during camp. Obviously, that running back number three spot is it kylan hill um and who am i missing i'm i don't know i mean i'm also i'm excited to see kind of what do they do with jordan love now during training camp um because like we heard from all of the players during mini camp saying that like they've noticed jordan love has a voice now so in a way how do you keep that from regressing i don't know if regressing is the right word but you want to keep his confidence high so yeah and I'm sure we'll see him during preseason games. So that's also very exciting, even though Rogers is back. So curious to see what happens there. And maybe even this week, if Rogers isn't taking reps, which I would guess there's a probably high chance that he's not out there. So um, that's all. Yeah. I mean, I know I just splurted like 10 things out, but these are all <laughs> things that I'm very excited to see um, with my first training camp. So, yeah, I think there's some really interesting position battles going on that, that will will play out over the next month. Yeah, I mean, you're certainly, hopefully at least, not going to be lacking for content after this offseason and uh, this quote-unquote last dance, last leap, last polka, whatever <laughs> fans want to call it on social media. <laughs> yeah. Is there a game that you're most excited for? Um, so I'm very excited. So I get to travel to a few of the games as of right now, if everything goes well. Um, so if all is going as planned, I should be going to New Orleans week one. Um, and I'll do Thursday night football in Arizona. I think this is all like pending, but most likely will be ending up at these games. And then um, I said, I wanted to go to the Baltimore game in December just because that's on the East coast close to home. And then I'll go to, some of the divisional games. Um, so I don't know if there's like one in particular that really sticks out to me. I, I know it sounds cheesy, but I'm really excited for all of them. Um, so I'll go with saints week one, because that will be my first NFL game I'm covering. And yeah. I'm super excited to go to new Orleans. Yeah. The Superdome feels like a 
another sort of iconic place to to see a football game. It's definitely it'll be iconic. weird. It'll be weird watching the Saints without Drew Brees. Yes, that is going to be weird. Um, so you know that changes things because obviously a Rogers Brees matchup is really fun to watch, but. Um, either way, still very excited to go to New Orleans. Yeah, yeah there, there's a lot of really fun games on the schedule this year. You know, Rodgers' first time getting to play Patrick Mahomes since uh, he wasn't there for the Chiefs game a couple of years ago. Having Matt Stafford come to the Rams now, a familiar face. So, you know, Perry and I talk quite a bit about how this schedule for the Packers is is a daunting one. They probably drew the two best divisions in the NFL right now in the NFC West and the AFC North. So lots of fun coming up, hopefully. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Um, and yeah, I mean, Rogers is back. It sounds like they're they're really going all in. They got him the people that he wants, and hopefully, it means Super Bowl back on. <laughs> yeah, coming off of MVP season, I think that like pressure, especially with this off season, like pressure's on. Like he, I think he did it to himself a little bit, but he he's got to look good. He he's got to come in and and look ready to play. Not that I think that he won't, but. You know. I mean, he definitely rolled up with the with the man bun, the sunglasses. <laughs> he's got the California chill vibe. So, I mean, it sounds like sounds like he's ready to go. We'll see if he plays it off as calm, cool, collected. What are you guys talking about? Nothing happened. Everything's fine. Uh, I'm very very curious to see. Yeah. What are you are you joining um, any of the pressers tomorrow? So I won't be in person, but I will definitely be there on Zoom. <laughs> Um, and we'll see. I mean, I'm sure all the questions that I'd have would be asked early on, but you know, you never know. Ask a question. <laughs> you never know with those. I think Maggie and I try to listen to as many as we can since they stream them and, uh, um, you always get a couple of surprises. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I think that that is what the, everyone will be patiently waiting for. I mean, I'm with you though. Like I'll be watching that cornerback battle with you at camp. So I'm really excited. I mean, I think too, like the rookies just in general, all of them, I'm excited to see what they add, but I, especially with Cobb coming back too, like seeing what happens with Mari Rogers and even just like their relationship and now kind of yeah. how he has that, that guy right there. Um, and then, yeah, Eric Stokes also that's, I mean, it's, it'll be exciting. I think that'll be really fun to play out. So this is the first, um, I think rookie class in quite a while where there's expectations that they're going to contribute right away. I think normally there's like definitely like as at least as a fan, I'm like, it's okay. There's, there's going to be a learning curve here. Whereas this year I'm like, Oh, there's like a handful of four that come off the top of my head that could like really do something. And then there's always a couple of surprises. Um, I think the Cobb edition is interesting just because his, his backstory with the Mari Rogers, you know, how familiar they are with each other, with their, um, I think it's a Mari Rogers' dad who like worked yes. at Cobb at Kentucky, yeah. right? So it's the there's there's always so many layers and nuances to these. And then it's too like it's like the obvious ones that you keep an eye on, but like you just said, there's always surprises, and that's also what I'm excited for because I'm not at the point where I know the team well enough to be able to predict those surprises. Whereas maybe some other people could be like, I'll oh, keep an eye on this person. So I'm also excited to see like in the next few days kind of pick out some surprise people and be like, okay, this, I'm going to keep an eye on this person. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think with Rogers, like coming back to, you know, the expectation was always like the run it back. This team is close. And you knew like by kicking the can down the road that in a couple seasons, this was all going to blow up and fall apart. So even with the way that they're restructuring contracts, so if you look like holistically at the Packers roster, obviously it hurts to lose an all pro center, but they drafted a center early, you know, Perry has been, 
adamant throughout the entire offseason and the last couple of years that Cobb would have been a perfect fit for a Matt LaFleur offense. So to think about having Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers on offense and you have a new defensive coordinator, like it's hard to pinpoint what might get this team over the hump, yeah. but it really feels like in a run it back year that could be the quote unquote last stands. Like this team is setting itself up for really high expectations. It is. And I think it really is like, aside from it, even just being the, if it is the last dance or whatnot, like the fact that this team is having that Super Bowl or bust mentality, like you look at the shape up of the team and it does fit that. So I think if they don't make the Super Bowl, then it's, it's a huge, I mean, you know, I want to throw the word failure out there. Obviously <laughs> every team who doesn't make the Super Bowl calls that a failure, but you know, this is, this seems to be the year, especially if this is the last year, it's that Super Bowl or bust mentality. Yeah. At some point, you either get over the hump or you blow it up. And I think that's what they're going to figure out this year is can they get over the NFC Championship hump or do you blow it up? We will see. Time will tell. (laughs) Um, I was going to say, before we let you go, we obviously want to let you kind of plug your socials, plug what you're working on, um, anything that people should like look out for to read, watch, et cetera. So um, let them know and obviously follow you on Twitter. Yeah. um, So I'm boring. My social media handles are just at Nicole Metter. Um, on Instagram, I do post a lot of work things on Instagram. It's my personal account, but I post like I started doing IGTVs and I post my reports and stuff there. Um, Twitter at Nicole Menner. And yeah, so training camp, we have training camp reports every night. So I should be live reporting every day in the five o'clock show on whatever the story is. Um, obviously day one, I'm sure I'll be reporting all about Rogers tomorrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we have our studio guest analyst, Johnny Gray, former Packer. Um, he's in studio most nights, I think every night other than Saturday, I want to say. Um, and we'd have like a full, like 20 minute show with him. So on days I'm anchoring, I will be hosting that with Johnny Gray. Um, and that's where he kind of breaks down. We break down everything that happened that day. So training camp reports on Fox 11 throughout the week, you guys can watch them. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's where you will find all my stories and everything that's happening. Packers related for the day. Perry, go ahead. Where can all of our listeners find your work on social media? Oh, me. <laughs> um, you can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein on Twitter. You can follow the podcast. Please follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast on Twitter. Packs what she said on Instagram and Twitch. Maggie and I are going to be going live a good amount um, when we're up in Green Bay. So should be a lot of fun videos there for you all to watch. And uh, Maggie, take it away. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write for Cheesehead TV. Uh, Perry and I are both with the Pack-A-Day podcast crew. And like Perry said, you will absolutely want to follow us on Twitch. We'll go live for Perry's first time visiting Lambeau Field, her first time in the Hall of Fame, her first time on a stadium tour, her first tears as she enters the stadium. Um, And it'll be a lot of fun to just be up there for a week uh, looking at the Packers and everything that's going on. So thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Oh,